Thank you, family, for coming in here. We're going to go do our Bible portion of the how God we understand God. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. January the 10th, Turn Your Kids Around by Kenny Copeland. In Isaiah 53, 13, it says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Isaiah 54, 13. Too many Christian parents today are wasting time worrying about their children. Years ago, Gloria and I saw that the devil was trying to get a foothold in our children's lives. So one weekend, we got our concordance and four or five translations of the Bible. We began to search our scripture and write out agreement prayers concerning them. We tore into the devil with the word of God and started saying, Thank God our children are not going to hell. Thank God they are taught of the Lord and great is their peace. Instead of walking the floor and worrying about the problem, we walked the floor and praised God for the solution. Things didn't change instantly. We still had to go through some tough times, but the word began to turn things around. Today, our children are serving God with all their hearts. If your kids are headed for trouble, don't waste time worrying. Start believing. Get the word working in their lives. Bind the devil with it and tell him he can't have them. Then follow the instructions in Matthew 9.38. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the field who can reach your children. God knows who they'll listen to. And he knows how to bring those people into your children's lives at just the right time. Grab hold of God's word. Refuse to let it go where your children are concerned. And sooner or later, that word will grab hold of them. Amen. I'm Fernando. And one of the things that we can do in addition to praising Jesus and thanking him and and putting our children in the hands of Jesus, Jesus promises to fix them if we will uh, seek him with all our hearts and minds. Put your children in the hands of Jesus. And Jesus will hold them and fix them. And he'll never be a problem again. That's a bold promise, right? That's a bold statement. I'm sure we can find plenty of scriptures that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, uh, what is that other scripture? He says he comes in times of trouble for help. So a lot of us, we feel bad. Look, they're good. They're good. They have to learn on negativity like we did. Our parents didn't have the, uh, they, they gave too much excess trying to fix us, knew, knowing what we were up against, which was the world. So they, they yelled at us, screamed at us, and so forth. The idea is for you to, to for I would suggest, is, for your, is teach your children to make choices, right and wrong, truth and consequences. Uh, and then go through truth and consequences together with them. But the point I'm making, you can also pray the Psalm 23 for your children. Uh, The Lord is Jack's shepherd. He shall not want. If you do it together, you hold hands, you say the the 23rd Psalms, 
and that you finish it with the Our Father holding hands together as parents or anyone else, even with your children, uh, things will start to change. The kingdom of heaven, the heavens will open, things will happen on a consistent basis. The other thing you can do, uh, you can put on YouTube or the Bible uh, the Bible app. They have the Bible there and they have an announcer that's speaking the Bible and he will uh, read it to you. You know, during the day, uh, they have dramatized Bible. Play it in the background. Say, this we have to do. And it'll go into their subconscious mind. And later on, when they're old, it'll pop back out when they need it. Uh, the Bible app or U version. U version has uh, all these apps for free that you can listen to the commentators in Spanish and English. I listen to them on, and listen to their highs and lows and their speech on their words and just excellent stuff, guys. Uh, we have to take advantage of what we have here and, you know, play it. Don't try to play it while they're sleeping because it just keeps us keeps us awake. I try that. I, but you got to use this stuff and make your life easier. And we will get interesting, you know, read through all the books, different translations. The one I recommend is the New Living Translation, the King James, the NIV, the uh, Amplified Bible. I don't know if all these are uh, have the um, the voice, but all of them are good. All of them are good to be hearing. The Message Bible is a really good today's uh, wording for young kids. You know, fly off the handle. Uh, they use, you know, hip words. I'm hip. Amen. Okay, let's. Uh, they recommend that we read Psalm 127. Here's Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds a house. And the Lord builds a house with words, guys. He, he builds us up with words. The work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early in morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Amen. And one of the things for us is living life is a reward. It's a reward for our honesty to live life today. And our children will see that and they will emanate that. We have Psalm 23. We have the Word of God. We have the Spirit of God. And we have the technology to get it into us. There's a new uh, Chosen. I don't know if you have seen it on uh, Preflix, um, Pureflix. Pureflix, they have a series called Chosen. You can get some of it in YouTube. It's a beautiful um, sitcom of the life of Jesus and just incredibly well done, man. Good, good actors just infuse you with the greatness of uh, technology and bringing the, the Bible to life. I love you. God bless you. Give them heaven. Wait, oh, we got one more. 
Limitless Love by Gloria and Kenny Copeland for January the 10th. Be right here. And the scripture that we're using for this study is Shut the Door of Strife. James chapter 3, verses 13 to 16. And that says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. James three thirteen and 16. As I study the scriptures to find the enemies of love, I come to believe there is one that is more insidious and more common than any other. It is the enemy called strife, which means vigorous or bitter conflict, discard and antagonism, to quarrel, struggle, or clash, competitions, rivalry. That's by Gloria Copeland, she's saying. According to James 3.16, where strife gets in, other evil work will follow. Strife opens the door to the devil and licenses him to bring confusion and evil into our lives. That's why he's always pushing for us to argue with one another and get offended or critical of one another. It gives him access to us. You see, Satan doesn't want you to enjoy the blessing that is yours in Christ Jesus. He doesn't want you to be healed, happy or prosperous, because if you are, other people will notice and want the same quality of life you have. They'll give their hearts to God because the goodness of God they see in your life. They'll give their hearts to God because of the goodness of God they see in your life. To keep that from happening, the devil tries to steal the blessing from you. He tries to trick you into opening the door of your life to him by bringing you an opportunity to have conflict with someone. He knows that the moment you step into strife, he can begin to gain mastery over you. The devil wants control of your life, but he can't have it when you walk in love. Don't let him have control. Make a quality decision today to shut the door on strife. Refuse to argue with people. Refuse to fight back when people criticize or wrong you. Determine instead to respond in love. Take no account of the evil done to you. When you do mess up and say harsh words, be quick to repent so the devil can't get a foothold in your life. I can tell you not only from the word, but from experience. It will be one of the best decisions you'll you'll ever make. It will take effort, but God's grace, you will be able to do it. It's a small price to pay for the freedom and the blessing, and you'll be forever glad you did. Amen. Amen. If you mess up, say, thank you, God, I messed up, and get full of love. And the other part of getting full of love is reading uh, 1 John 1 through 5, daily basis, out loud, 15 minutes, or John 14, 15, 16, and 17. Another 15, 20 minutes of reading that. I'm telling you, you read that on a basis, it's, it talks about God's love probably about 75 times it says the word love. And with that many times, God is in that word. Our imaginations are zero in on that word. And we make it come to pass in our lives by brewing it, by meditating, by reading it over and over again. God bless you. Give them heaven, family. And remember, Jesus is Lord.
Micah 6.8 The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what He requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Thank you so much for coming in today's study of uh, Limitless Love, starting with January 7th, and then we're going to back up a couple of days and read those. So today's reading is <clears throat> Dare to Believe God's Love, and it's taken from 1 John chapter 4, verses 16, uh, 21, verse 15, 2, and American Standard Bible. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see what your word is telling us and instructing us. <clears throat> Teach us and take us, Lord God, to a new level of uh, joy and laughter <clears throat> and insight so we can be of better service to our fellow man, Lord, so we be able to illuminate the glory of Jesus Christ in our hearts and our minds and souls and every word we speak, <clears throat> that you will be glorified, Lord, that people will know we've been visited by you, Lord God, in the heavens. We thank you for this awesome opportunity in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I trust that you're in good health and, and good spirits. I pray that you exercise your uh, thankfulness and count your blessings on a daily basis. And remember, this month of January, we're blessing ourselves, our inner man. We're saying... We bless you, inner man. We bless you with health. We bless you with prosperity and happiness. Forgive us how we dis try to destroy you and not give you the, uh, the reward you for your hard work. We thank you, inner man. We thank you, soul, for your great work that you try to do in us. And we kept putting it off. So we just like to take the time to bless you, to bless you, my soul. Bless you with health with prosperity and happiness, so later on you could be of better service to your fellow man because we can't give what we don't have. So we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this is Gloria speaking. She says, <clears throat> after the scriptures, the scripture says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. 1 John chapter 4 verses 15, 16 and 21. To effectively love others, you must first believe God loves you. That's no problem, you might say. I know God loves me. Maybe so, but according to these verses, just knowing is not enough. We also need to believe it. To believe means to have firm faith in something, to accept it as true, genuine, or real, to have an unshakable conviction of its goodness, efficacy, and ability. Huh, I may add to that as your as your teacher here, your instructor is um, I may add to that as using your imagination as something good that's happening to you. So you have an evident faith. You know, using your imagination for 30 minutes a day that uh, that God is doing something good for you. And then it'll it'll come to pass. 
using our, our imagination rightly to believe something, to have firm faith in something, to accept it as true, genuine or real, to have an unshakable conviction of its goodness, efficacy, and ability. One of the things that you can rouse our imaginations is by quoting first uh, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. And here comes the play where we can use our imagination and our belief in these next two verses. It says, For he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. There you are. Loving kindness and tender mercies. That's supply, resources, gadgets, houses, cars, influence, uh, relationships. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Physically fit body, health, See yourself healthy walking down the street, extremely healthy, lean, see yourself lean and healthy walking down the street and young and well dressed. See yourself doing that. Okay. And then, and then the last verse, it says, he feeds you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So we, uh, it would benefit us to see ourselves renewed like eagles, young and enthusiastic and happy walking down the street. Folks, the people that are coming back from heaven and the near-death experiences are telling us that the people up there are about 30 years old, even though if they died in their 90s and the 80s and 70s. They're a young, the best that they could be, about the age of Jesus, 30 years old when he started his ministry. Hey, what do we got to lose? Let's use our imagination to hook into believing, okay? We got to have something here in the natural to believe. That's my experience as your instructor. So I'm asking you to imagine yourself walking down the street, thanking God for leanness, purity of mind, soul, and spirit, and walking down strong, well-dressed, young, and enthusiastic. All right? If it's too hard to do, and you don't have, uh, you don't believe in the process, that it's going to create belief, folks. That's where we're at. We're after the belief, the genuine substance of faith. Do that 30 minutes a day and see what happens, or even longer. And Gloria goes on to say, as Christians, we should have more than a mental understanding that God loves us. We should be firmly grounded in that love. We should believe it to be a good and genuine, so trustworthy and strong that it will keep us safe from harm in every situation. No matter what anyone else may say or do to us, we should rest securely in the fact that we are fully and forever loved Maybe that kind of confidence love doesn't come easily for you. Maybe you've been abused and criticized so much in the past that you naturally think of yourself as unlovable. If so, allow the words of God to change how you see yourself. Instead of filling your thoughts with the unkind words others have said to you, 
Fill your thoughts with the tender words of God. Set your mind on verses like 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Then fellowship with the Lord over the truth of those verses. Thank Him for loving you with such a great love. Praise Him for caring for you so much that He called you to be His very own child. Agree with the Word and begin to see yourself as the Father sees you. Acknowledge that regardless of your past experiences. Whatever He says about you as His child is true. And since He says you are loved, choose to believe it. As you do, you'll begin to see by revelation of the Spirit of God that God actually is your Father and He cares for you. You'll be able to say like the Apostle John said that I know and believe the love of God has for me. I, I know and believe that God has for me. As a result, the love of God will become a reality in your life. You'll find that God's love is not only coming to you, it's flowing through you, and before you know it, you'll be living in the life of love. Amen. You can read this, you can acknowledge it, and sense it, and pray it, okay? But I believe it's not enough. We have to use our imagination. We have to see ourselves walking down the street, praying Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And notice that in that verse it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. So who is King David talking to? To that inner man. The man that's in the inside. I mean, if King David was talking to him and I just told you to pray for that inner man for health, prosperity, and happiness, don't you think there's a coincidence in here, a correlation? I didn't know we were going to read this thing before I prayed that. So folks, I'm telling you, and I'm telling myself, go outside in the grass, put your feet in the grass, make sure you get grounded, and for the next 30 minutes, imagine yourself walking down the street, leaning for 30 minutes, and inside your heart, the meditation prayer, you'll be praying Psalm 103, 1 through 5, or Psalm 23. And I'm telling you, you do that, if you discipline yourself, if we discipline ourselves to do that for 30 minutes, or even longer, walk, it won't be long before we be walking in there, and then we'll feel the love of God genuinely, and see it come to us from all from all sorts of areas, east, west, north, and south. God's word will do what it says he'll do if we exercise it in that way. That's a beautiful formula, guys. Let me know how you do that. Get in there and get it out. Amen. You got it? See yourself walking down the street and saying, The Lord is my shepherd. Now, you got to see yourself. You're, you're at home and with your feet on the ground. You're looking at yourself well-dressed. Me, I would use the wingtip shoes, a three-piece suit. I'll have a Rolex $30,000 watch, the best haircut, a nice set of, of shades, and I'll be looking youthful, slim and thin, and walking down the street and saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord thy God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. 
The Lord has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord has anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness, mercy, and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. As you're marching down the street, you can look back. You'll see goodness and mercy and loving kindness following you all the days of your life. Folks, see yourself fit walking down the street 30 minutes a day with your feet on the ground and the grass. And don't give me any lip about it. Just do it. All right, folks, let's move on to January the 6th called Limitless Love. The choice is yours. This is by Gloria Copenhagen also, and she uses Romans 6, 13 and 14. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Romans 6, 13 and 14. Again, folks, let's let's take a deep breath because we just got off a strong study. Take a deep breath and breathe out slowly. And let's just read this again. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Interesting, alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God for sin shall not have dominion over you. Romans 6, 13 and 14. You know, there's two types of dead people. Maybe three. There's the dead that don't know Christ and are walking around. There's the dead that are in the ground, I believe. Maybe they're waiting for Christ to come back. And they were righteous people, people that that did follow God and died um, in God, in the ground, alive from the dead, you know, or wanting to be alive like us. I know, I'm just... And then the people that are in hell. You know, there's a, a few verses in the Old Testament that uh, and in the New Testament that talk about, I think in Matthew it says, the dead heard the voice of God and they got up and walked to Jerusalem. It's only one verse in there, but it just throws theologians and everybody out of their comfort zone. It's an incredible verse that dead people got out of their graves and walked into Jerusalem. Okay, So there's a lot of things that we don't know. But what my experience has been is I've been reading the body and uh, the, the, I've been reading the word of God to the body of Christ, saying it out loud. I have seen in the spirit um, people get up from their graves. You know, I have seen it in the spirit as I'm praying and I doze off and I, I see two people rise up like laying down in, on the grave on the on the floor. And then they just sit up. And I said, hey, I just saw two people sit up as I was reading the book of John out loud. And the chapter 15 of uh, John G. Lake, which is on this today, on this recording, he talks about that. He got me interested in that because another time I was in Hawaii, I was up in a high scraper in a hotel. I was in the balcony and I was doing my daily 
uh, readings are 1 John 1 through 5 and John 14, 15, and 16. I was out loud. And of course, I've, I dozed off, right? That's a lot of uh, medicine there. And I dozed off and I saw in the spirit. You wouldn't believe what I saw in the spirit. I saw young 17, 18, 19-year-old men, young boys, coming out of the water, out of a submarine, full of uh, diesel, oil, all over their faces and everything. They were coming out of the submarine that was, or the ship that had sunk on World War II with the Japanese fighters. And I, and I, and I just like jumped. I said, wow, look what I just saw in the spirit. Could they be listening to the word of God? Could this be true that the dead will hear the word of God? So chapter 5 in John talks a lot more about it too. That the dead will hear the words of God and rise up. <clears throat> so there's a lot of mysteries that we don't know, folks. So if you get stuck and say, no, this is it, and it's, it's not like so, then we stop growing. There are so many things that we just listen to and we keep on moving, right? We can't, We just put it in the back burner because we don't understand it. And surely we're not going to bring one up and say, no, it's not that way, and judge it. I don't know, but I am telling you to use your imagination to see yourself a youthful, young, vibrant, healthy, walking down the street. <clears throat> so, and you do it for about, shoot, 10 times, and belief will start to grow. <clears throat> our faith, our belief, coupled with uh, reading First John 1 through 5, we have faith, we have hope, we have belief, and we have the requirements it is to create miracles in our own health, in our own body, by using our imagination. Oh, I got off way off subject. Let's go back to this. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. I guess when sin has dominion over us, we're no different than the dead walking, right? The un, uninspired public. Gloria goes on to say, although the life of Jesus in us produces the fruit of love, don't make the mistake of thinking you can just sit back and let him do everything. He won't grow the fruit of, your, of you any more than an apple tree will take up the responsibility of the branch and grow apples straight from the trunk of the tree. Jesus has provided you with the power and the life. Then you With the keys, then you must do your part by choosing to yield to the to that life by an act of your will. You must let what he has put inside you manifest itself on the outside. When someone says something ugly to you, for example, you have to make a decision. Will you yield to the irritation of your flesh and say something unkind in return? Or will you yield to the spirit and respond in love? The answer to these questions will be determined by two factors. The first, of course, is the choice you make. The second is the condition of your heart. If you've been neglecting your time with God, spending hours in front of the world's entertainment instead of attending to the Word, you may find yourself too weak to obey the voice of the Spirit. Although your heart's desire is to act lovingly, 
your flesh will win the struggle with your un- undernourished spirit and lash out in anger towards the one who wronged you. But if you have been daily abiding in fellowship with the Lord, your heart will be strong and full of the spiritual energy necessary to overrule the flesh and let love flow. You'll be well able to make the right choices and Jesus' love will reach others through you. That love could be the avenue through which they discover the love of Jesus for themselves. We are living love letters from God to others. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. That's the hardest thing to do, folks, to give them heaven while you want to tear their heads off. But there is a way, and Jesus has provided for us to get into his word. If we have Jesus standing there, if we're communing with God and we feel his love heavily, his love is on us, uh, the joy and the Lord is on us heavily, uh, we will forgive right on the spot. The words won't stick to us, guys. We will have a shield, a shield of the presence of Jesus on us, and those those uh, bad, we won't respond because we have Him who created the earth standing in front of us, a more important person that we are dialoguing with in our hearts and our minds and our love, that the evil one won't get our eyes off of, off of the. Uh, the presence of God. I experienced that. I experienced both sides of the coins. So I'm telling you right now that reading 1 John 1 through 5 in the middle of the night when you get up and you can't sleep and John 14, 15, 16 and record it so you can hear it to yourself when you're and stay in tune with him. Great things will happen. Okay, moving to January 5th. It says, Limitless Love, Your Number One Priority by Gloria Copeland. She uses John 14, John 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. So there you go. If we're disconnected from the branch... We're going to fly off the handle trying to protect ourselves from other people's onslaught. Makes sense to me, don't it? Gloria goes on to say, Once you understand that love as a fruit of the Spirit, we only grow in your life as you abide in Jesus. You'll be more diligent to spend time with Him. You won't try to live from Sunday to Sunday, fellowshipping with Him once a week and ignoring Him the rest of the time. You'll draw near to Him daily, realizing that supernatural life of love comes only from consistent communion with Him. Actually, true unbroken communion with the Lord comes from walking with Him all day long. I found when I set aside time each day to focus exclusively on Him, I can more easily stay tuned in to Him during my other activities. By tending to my union with Jesus first thing every morning, I can more easily maintain that union throughout my day. This is very important because Jesus said, If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. John 15, 6. The word wither means to shrivel, to lose or cause, to lose energy, force, or, or, or freshness. 
The moment a branch is broken off the vine, it begins to die. It doesn't matter how close it is to the vine. If the union has been broken, there will be no energy going into it. There will be no zap flowing from the vine into the branch. That's a vivid picture of what happens to us if we don't stay in vital contact and live in union with the Lord. When we become too busy to spend time with God in prayer and in His Word, when we become preoccupied with natural earthly things and disconnect from communion with Him, we immediately began to wither. We still belong to Him. We still have His life within us, but His energy is not flowing through us, so we don't produce anything. I don't want to live that way, even for a day, do you? Glory to God, we don't have to. If we'll just make our, we'll just make our time with the Lord our number one priority every day, we can produce fruit in Him. As a result, we'll only live blessed. We'll be able to share the blessings with those around us when they are in need of love. They'll always be able to find it flowing through us. Amen. A couple of things the Holy Spirit has brought to my mind. Uh, exercising that 30 minutes a day is saying Psalm 23. You'll be hooked up to the zap. And uh, the Holy Spirit reminded me that the story about the young uh, guys coming out of the ship, submarine full of oil and diesel. I was in Wahoo, which was a few miles away from that uh, Pearl Harbor, when all those, uh, you know, 1,500 soldiers got blasted in the, or Navy men, and a lot of people died. Just one ship, I think 1,500 young cadets went in. I mean, they were so young, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, um, inside the ship. The next year, I went over there, and I went to the uh, uh, to the observatory over the uh, Pearl Harbor, where they do the touring. They take you on a boat out there, and then they, they have a platform that where this ship went down. And I took my Bible... It's really interesting. I started reading uh, John chapter 5, and then I read 1 John 1 through 5. I blessed the men out loud while everybody was walking around the platform. I, was, I had my Bible out there, and I was reading to the water, to them. And a tall white man, very uh, strong, stood next to me, and, uh, and he was praying with me. And I didn't really look, turn to see his face. I just knew that he wanted to, to do the same. I don't know if it was an angel, but I was just thinking about it a couple of days ago that uh, he kind of uh, took off my uh, my concentration, you know. And, but I did it, and I said the words because he was just so, you know, uh, a tall and powerful figure next to me. But as the as they he was praying, maybe maybe his prayers were a lot more confident than mine. But I had the conduit to pray for them. I heard the word of God, so we were both a team, and we got. So I was convinced that in chapter five of John, where it says the dead will hear the voice of God and rise, uh, that it is evident for today. That's a strong statement, right? To stay out there, right? That is valid. That. They're listening to our voice 
in the ground, folks. People um, are listening to the full gospel and getting themselves energized for when Jesus comes back. They'll be completely. Maybe that's part of uh, when the fullness of time comes. Way out there, huh? Well, our salvation is way out there. God bless you. Uh, Thank you, and thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have shown great and mighty things to your children, Lord, that are way in our imaginations, Lord. Help us to read and pray Psalm 103, 1 through 5, on a daily basis, that you heal all our diseases. You forgive us of all our iniquities. You redeemed us from death, from destruction. You crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Thank you for that. And you feed us with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Woo-hoo. Amen. You know, when I started saying that, and I'll say it about 10 times a day, especially when I was drive, I would make it an effort. My fingers were on the steering wheel, and I can see 10, 10, 10 ones, and I would pray that psalm thing 10 times. Not repetitious, pray it with all my heart. And guess what happened? The first thing I noticed that I was eating square meals. I was eating more square meals. When I would sit down, the impression came to me. Wow, that prayer is coming to pass. I'm eating more square meals. You know, vegetables, salad, this and that. Very tasty. Very elegant. Folks, we are rich beyond measure. Our daddy is rich and the whole earth knows it very well. Our daddy is rich and the whole earth knows it very well. So when we claim those scriptures, not only into our soul, but it goes also into the elements in this world and they understand what we're saying. And the not only heaven will move on the words we're saying, but the earth will move there too. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great time. Give them heaven. I love you. Welcome to today's Bible study according to Kenny Copeland Ministries, January the 7th, from faith to faith. We have our Bible college, our curriculum, our electives here by our own doing. We choose to do that. Us. We're a family and we're lifting our spirits with these readings and with his prayer. So let's go ahead and start the session with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's where we honor our higher power, where we honor and acknowledge God And we call upon his name to be with us because he's given us his word that he will not fail us nor forsake us. His word is in Micah 6, 8, the Lord has told us what is good and what is what he requires of us to do what's right, 
to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. Micah 6, 8. And us listening to today's podcast and humbly paying attention to it out of our busy day, that is, and that is doing right. That is loving mercy and consideration of the words I speak to you. Thank you so much for blessing me as I bless you. May the blessings of the Lord be upon you. This day, today, and this in the next couple of days, this next week, the blessings of God be upon you. Something good and remarkable. It's on its way and it's over your head. Just say, yes, thank you, God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Nice and loud so they can hear in heaven and wake them up. Amen. All right, let's get back to our teaching here. I'll get off my uh, soapbox. January the 7th by Kenny Copeland. God has something to say. Taken from chapter 10 from the book of John, verse 3, the Amplified Bible. The sheep listen to the shepherd's voice and heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name and brings them, leads them out. Don't ever be so afraid of making mistakes you miss out on the joy of acting on the voice of the Lord. Instead, trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit and let him show you how. He'll begin by speaking to you about the little things in your life. And as you grow accustomed to hearing and obeying, he'll speak to you about weightier matters, more important things. That's how it happened with Gloria and I. When we first accepted Jesus as Lord, we didn't have any idea how to hear our, hear from God. Our spirits weren't yet trained to distinguish His leading. But since the Bible promised we could do it, we began to approach our prayer time and Bible study time expecting to hear God's direction. And He began to give it. I'll never forget the first time it happened. <clears throat> to Gloria. She'd been reading the Bible and she just stopped for a few minutes to see if God would say something to her. Right now, on the inside of her, she heard the Lord say, the light is on your car. It didn't occur to her that, that God would speak to her <clears throat> about something so trivial. So she just brushed that off aside and went on and listening. Pretty soon, he said the same thing again. He kept on repeating until finally she got up and walked out to the car. Sure enough, the light was on. Why should God bother with something as insignificant as a car light? Because he cares. He knew Gloria was home alone with that, that night with two small children. And if that battery had run down, she'd been stuck there. God was watching out for her. And he told her just exactly what she needed to know right there and then. Yet, at the same time, he knew she was a beginner where listening to his voice was concerned. So he gave her an instruction she can follow without much risk. It means what if she had gone out there and the light hadn't been on? What happened with that? What if she missed it? She would have felt foolish, but that wouldn't have hurt anything. If you'll trust him, the Holy Spirit will do the same thing for you that he did for Gloria and me. He'll bring you along one step at a time in a way that will help you, not hurt you. The biggest mistake you can make is to be afraid to follow that inward witness, which is the number one way 
God leads all his children, Romans 8, 14. So don't be afraid. Take time to listen today. Expect to hear in your spirit, God has something to say to you. That was Kenny Copeland. You know, something uh, in here, I'm Fernando, your speaker that, that stood out for me. You know, that anything can be important to the Holy Spirit and to us, to God, you know. Uh, he gives us dreams and visions another way. For instance, uh, I had a dream that a friend of mine was going to drive his little car through my patio. And I guess, you know, and he was smiling and waving at me as he drove his car into my patio. That was this morning. So very well, God is telling me, you're going to have a visitor, so go and, and I've been wanting to bring some gym equipment in and get it out of the way and make it pleasant back there to receive a guest. I'm putting it at you softly, but what I really need to do is get that place cleaned up. <laughs> I got a lot of projects on top of projects and I need to give away some things. So it's the same canción which is the same song I have with me. But God knows what's important. So my prayer, my point is, what is our prayer? Let's pray. Lord, give us exactly in our ears what we need to hear, what you do next. What is important so we will avoid embarrassment, avoid uh, fractions. We avoid any hiccups in our lives, Lord. Or if we're a bit more developed, Give us insight on who we may be able to help. We're available to that too, folk, to help folks out there, to folks our help. Sometimes it's just a little, hello, I've been thinking about you. What's happening? Thank you, God, for being so kind to us. <clears throat> Amen. Now we'll go to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 to 16. See what that entails. That's what the... Uh, Required reading. Nice music coming from you too. I should have had this. Should have, could have, would have set up already, people. And I have to be clicking around here, but be ready for you guys, for you uh Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 6. Actually, verse 5. Forgiveness for the sinner. I am not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Verse 6. Most of you oppose him, and that was punishment enough. Let me see if I am in the right one. Oh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Excuse me. <laughs> Somebody needed to hear that one. First Corinthians chapter two, verse six says, First Corinthians chapter two, he's reverting back to two. 
Okay, here we go. Yet, when I am among mature believers, <clears throat> this is Paul speaking, I do not speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mysteries of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scripture mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was that God revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searchers out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirits. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Elegant, elegant, elegant. Precious, precious, precious. Speaking in tongues, making melody and music in your hearts, is actually... Uh, receiving and giving thanks, praise all through the day. Breathing deeply, breathe in. Uh, exercise I do, you breathe in about four seconds and you breathe out about eight seconds, double the time, slowly. And just praise and thank God and praise Him. You know, a little song, a little humming, uh, a scripture, or just words of praise. Or you can do syllables that just make sound like a jazz player. Or try to make it sound like an Indian, uh, speaking Indian words. God can use those those words. I don't know why, but they're, they're, they go quicker and faster and they're condensed with information. Encrypted, encrypted for the Spirit of God and the Spirit to bring back to us information. The mind of Christ. Folks, we are in a higher level. And it takes humbling to do that. And the more... you, f I felt dumb speaking in tongues when I first started. You know, it just seemed like it wasn't doing anything. But then when I look back, it was. It was bringing me closer to truth. To things that I needed to man up and deal with. You know, and as far as relationships. And speak my peace. And come out of the... Uh, the paper bag and speak my peace 
to relationships that matters, you know. So that's the beauty about speaking in hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. It cleans up the slate in our lives so we can move on and live abundantly. I hope and I pray and I do believe you do understand. You are tracking with me. God bless you. Enjoy this day. God bless you. Have a, hey, give them heaven, family. Let's pray out with the uh, the Lord's Prayer again, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. God bless you. The Epistle of John. First John, please. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, we have seen it, and bear witness to show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. All these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message we have heard from him and declared unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ the righteous. And he is the appropriation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that say, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. He that said he abided in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, that which is true in him unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passed away, and the true light now shineth. He that said that he is in the light and hated his brother is in darkness 
even unto now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hated his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth now whither he goeth, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passed it away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abided forever. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. But if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, and that they were not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things, and have not written unto you, because you know not truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and his Son. Whoever denieth the Son, the same has not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning, is that which you have heard from the beginning which you shall remain in you, you also should continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is a promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abided in you. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, he may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And you know that he is righteous. You know that every one of that righteous is born of him. Chapter 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what shall we be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whoever committed sin transgressed also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abided in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither knows him. 
Little children, let no one deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remained in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither the he that loveth nor his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we shall love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, <clears throat> and slew at his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not, his brother abided in death. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's goods and sees his brother have need and shut it up his vows and compassion <clears throat> from him, delighted the love of God in him. How does the, the, the love of God delight in him? My little children, let us not love in the world, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we will we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in him, in his sight. This is the commandment that we should believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. He gave us the commandment as he gave us. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and, and thereby we know that he abided in us by the Spirit which he has given us. Chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the Spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of, of Antichrist, wherefore you have heard that it should come, and even is now in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and of the world hears them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that he might live through him and hear in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins.
Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know that we know we that that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and so testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man says, I love God, and hated his brother, he's a liar, for he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loved God loved his brother also. Chapter 5. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begot loveth him also, that begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bear witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He that believeth in the Son of God has the witness in himself, and he that believeth not God has made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us. Eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. These things I have written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know we have that petition that we desire of him. If any man sees his brother's sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life. For them that sin not unto death, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness sin, and there is no sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of a God keepeth himself. And that wicked one touching him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lied in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come, and has given us an understanding that we may know him, that is true, and we are in him, that is true, 
even in his son, Jesus Christ, that is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And now, a reading from the book of John. John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we not know whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth. You know him, and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficed us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been with you so long with you, and yet you... Hast not thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then show us the Father? Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither noted him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you, and I will not leave you comfortless. I will come again. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, it is he that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas said unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my saints, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
Have you heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you? If you love me, you will rejoice because I go to, I said, I go unto my father, for my father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass that when it comes to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing on me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Chapter 15 I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he take it away, and every branch that bear fruit, he purge it, it that may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abide in me, and I in them, him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abided not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into this fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and this shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commands, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. That is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth I can Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord is doing. But I also call you friends. For all the things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain that Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. These things I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If we were of the world, the world would love his own. But because he, you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world... If the world hated you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you, love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will also keep yours. But all of these things would they do unto you for my name's sake. Because they know not him that sent it me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hated his, he that hated me hated my father also. If I do not, 
if I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not been, had sinned. But now they have both both seen and hated me, both in my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when I comforter is come, is come whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me, and you also shall bear witness, because you also have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16. These things I have spoken unto you, that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogue. Yeah, the time cometh that whoever killeth you will think they're doing God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time shall come, you shall, you shall, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, where thou going? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I will go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you to do that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to the, my Father and you see me no more. Or of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judge. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How bide it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that will he speak, and he shall show that you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore Say I that they, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me. And again a little while and you shall see me because I go to my father. Then said, then said some of his disciples among them, What is this he says unto us? A little while and you shall not see. And you shall not see me again. A little while, and you shall see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, Therefore, what is this they say? A little while, we cannot tell the truth. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourself of what I said a little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye should weep and lament, but he, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. The woman which she is in travail has sorrow because of her own, 
because of her hours come, and as soon as she delivered the child, she remembers no more the anguish, for the joy of a man is born unto the world. And you know, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice in your way. No man take it from you, and and in the day you shall ask me nothing, for verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Here too have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and it shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken unto you in Proverbs by the time coming, when I shall speak no more unto you in Proverbs. But I will show you plain of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. And I came forth from the Father, and I, and I am come unto the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest not in proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needed not any man should ask thee by this. We believe that thou comest forth from God. Jesus answered, Do you now believe the hour is coming? Yeah, now cometh that you shall all be scattered, every man his own, and shall leave me alone, and you shall. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that you may, might be made whole, have peace in the world, and you shall have tribulations. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Chapter 17. These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, and thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is the eternal life, that every man might know it, may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them words which thou gavest me, and they and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which has thou hast given me, for they are mine. For all men are mine, and women and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are of the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they were be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them safe in the name of your name, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, as the scriptures be fulfilled. 
And now come I do to thee, and these things I speak into the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them thoroughly by thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, and that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And in them, and thou in me, that thou, they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that the thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as, as thou hast loved them. Perhaps, Father, I will pray that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that where they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for the knowledge me before the foundations of the world. You know it's me. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you, that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will keep declaring it, that the love wherein thou hast loved me may be in them, I in them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. John G. Lake, Chapter 15, Spiritualism. This was written August 26, 1923. And Samuel said to Saul, in 1 Samuel 28, 7 and 19, The old prophet appeared and proceeded to tell what was going to take place and what was going to happen to Saul and his sons in the battle to come. Now then, we read a surprising thing. He had a light in the promises of Christ's redemption. Where where did he get it? The word says Sheol, or the regions of the dead. They were the, there without something. What was it? The deliverance of the Son of God. The prophet prophesied concerning the deliverance the Son of God was to bring, and after Jesus Christ entered into the regions of death, and liberated those who were held by his chains, those who had died in the hope of the promise, those who had died in the fullness of faith that the Redeemer was to come, he came and actually, actual deliverance from the power of death took place. He ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, Ephesians 4.8. And their place of residence was transferred from that place, Sheol, governed by the power of death and the angel of death to where whether ever the Lord Jesus Christ went and the angel of death to wherever the Lord Jesus Christ went they ascended up on high and their place of residence was changed we do not know where those who went with Jesus stopped 
you call it paradise, <laughs> but so far as Jesus is concerned, it is perfectly plain in the word that he never stopped until he came to the throne of God. <clears throat> you go through the book and find where anyone was ever called down out of heaven, and you won't find it. Those who have their residence with the, the Lord Jesus Christ from the day of his resurrection and on onward will have to be called down, not up. Now, one of those things we have lost out of our Protestant faith from the days of the Reformation onward has been the wonderful truth of the ministry of Jesus in the spirit to the dead. Do you get it? The ministry of Jesus to the dead. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. 1 Peter 4, 6. Oh, <clears throat> you mean the dead in this world and dead in sins? Not at all, because the rest of the verse explains. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. Why? That they might be judged according to men in the flesh. 1 Peter 4, 6. On the same grounds that men in the flesh were... They heard the words of Jesus, they received the words of Jesus, or they rejected the words of Jesus, just as men in the flesh do. Well, what does that mean, you ask? Are you preaching on the subject of second chance? No, brother, but I'm calling attention to the state of the dead before Jesus came. They died in the hope of the promise. Jesus came on the promise. Jesus came and the promise was fulfilled. He fulfilled it to the cross at Calvary. And went into the regions of the dead and fulfilled it to them. And delivered them and took them out of the power of death and transferred them to his kingdom. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Ephesians 4 8. With the above thoughts, I have laid a kind of a foundation. There is no such thing in the whole New Testament as reoccurrence of those instances I have just read. No such a suggestion or its possibility in the New Testament. It belonged to a day and an age in a state that ceased to be with Jesus Christ, the Lord and Redeemer came. Oh, listen to the world. Oh, the living word of God. Oh, Listen to the word, the living word of God that is coming forth. You shall live, you shall live throughout eternity, but deny the living word and you shall go down, you shall go down into the pit. Believe the word and you shall live. Tongues and interpretations given by Fred Wilson. A number of years ago when I was a missionary in Africa, I formed the acquaintance of W.T. Steed who later was once one of the victims of the Titanic. I came to London at his invitations and expense for a personal interview. He took me to his office and, after he had become acquainted, he introduced this fact. He maintained a spiritual, spiritualistic bureau association with his great work known as the Julia Bureau. Julia was a friend who had died, and he believed after she was dead he could contact the spirit of Julia. So eventually he published a book entitled Letters from Julia. Later he changed the name to After Death, and these letters from Julia are published in this book. 
Steed presented me with a copy of the book and requested I should read it carefully. I did so and made notations of the various letters. And when I got a chance to talk to him, I said, Julia, in a very cunning manner, indeed, avoids the deity and divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in order that you may see it, I went over the different letters with reference was made to the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, you listen, <coughs> Steed, that cunningness is altogether out of harmony with the other statements and other letters of this book. When it came to that subject of the divinity of Jesus, the peculiar cunningness of wording was observable even to the most ordinary mind by which she carefully, studiously avoided any reference to the divinity or deity of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I said, Steve, I'm going to put you up <clears throat> against the word on this matter. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. 1 John 4.3 W.T.C. was a big man and a great soul. He thought that he might convince me if I were at all reasonable. Finally, a meeting was arranged between Sir Olive Lodge, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, W. 2 Steed, and myself. I want to say a word concerning these two great men. Both have been knighted by the King of Knights in the realm because of their contributions to scientific knowledge. When a knight is knighted, he kneels before the king. The king touches him and says, Rise, Sir Knight, etc. What I want you to see is that a man must have contributed something of unusual value to the empire in order to be knighted. He must also be able to maintain his social status as a knight. Both men were great men, great as men speak of worldly greatness, great men intellectually, great men in the secret of science. After we had spent the whole night reviewing these very things, experiences that we considered vital, I said, gentlemen, I want to tell you one experience that I think goes further than any of these you have told me. My late wife died in South Africa. I buried her on Christmas Eve, 1908, at Johannesburg. The following 6th of May, which was the anniversary of her birthday, as I sat on the table, I occupied an hour telling the family incidents of their mother and trying to fix the memory of their mother in their young minds. The baby was only 18 months old and the eldest only 14 years when she died. Later, I went to the post office and a lady tapped me on the shoulder and said, When you are through with your business, come up to see the office and handed me a card with the address. When I was through, I strolled up to the office. I recognized her as one of the members of my audience. There was a couple of gentlemen in the room, one a Frenchman, Masali, and another Frenchman. As we sat talking, I wondered why she had asked me to come up. I observed as I watched her, she seemed to be distressed and on one side of her face was purple with erysipelas. I stepped over and I asked her if it was because she was sick that she had asked me to come and she said, certainly. I laid my hands on her and began to pray and as I prayed, I was conscious of the spirit coming in power and that purple disappeared as I watched it. The healing was so remarkable that the gentlemen were surprised. Masailia said, Mr. Lake, what is that? 
I said, Masalia, that is God. He replied, oh, everything is God. I live among the East Indians and everything is God. The, the phrase was offensive to my spirit. And I said, well, brother, I do not want to discuss it. He said, well, if it is God, I tell you how to prove it. He said, I put over a bad business deal, was very angry and in a high temper one day. Instead of opening the door gently, I opened it with a push. A later happen, lady happened to be behind the door. It took her an awful blow on the side of the head. She became unconscious. And in a few days, we discovered the skull was fractured. Not only that, but the optic nerve had been detached and the eye became blind. He had spent quite a fortune on the woman, but nothing availed. The eye remained blind. He said, if that is God, you put your hands on her and pray sight back into the eye. The spirit was resting on my soul. I stepped over and began to pray. Instantly, the spirit came upon her until she was absolutely submerged in the spirit. She remained in that condition a little while, and this strange thing took place. She arose from her chair, her eyes quite shut, and came in my direction. I got up and moved my chair. She walked right around and came to me. She slipped her fingers down, gave me a little chuck, just like my late wife would have done, and said, Jack, my Jack, God is with you all the time. Go right on. But my baby, my Teddy, I am so lonesome for him. But you pray so hard. You pray so hard. After Mrs. Lake died, the little boy fell into a decline, and it required all the energy of my soul to keep that boy alive for months. Eventually, he survived. After the incident had passed, I asked her to write it. You, you get people to write things down so you can analyze them. Listen, it is not dragging spirits up, and it isn't dragging some spirits down. There is nothing about calling spirits down from God in the Word, only about calling them up out of the depths. The Apostle Paul says he was caught up in the third heaven, 2 Corinthians 12, 2. The attractive power is where the Lord Christ is. Jesus Christ is the attraction of the blood-washed soul. If you are going to travel anywhere, you will go His way. All right, somewhere in my files, I have that incident as she gave it to me. After a while, she sat down and the Spirit came upon her. Presently, she said, it seemed as if she escaped out of herself and traveled so far and so fast. Presently, she said, I observed I was being approached by a beautiful lady who was tall, and she gave me a general description of her. She said her name was Jeannie. It is sympathy that brings me. I had a visual defect, and the Lord healed me. You came with me. I will take you to Jesus, and he will heal you. She linked her arm in mine, and we traveled together. As we went along, I observed the most wonderful landscape. Presently, we came to a mountain, and while we stood there, this lady repeated to her the entire 35th ship, chapter of Isaiah. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and bloom, blossom as a rose, etc. This dear woman did not know there was such a chapter in the Bible until I told her it was the 35th chapter of Isaiah. Then they came to a broad street of water, and on the opposite side were groups of angels. And Jesus stood in the midst of one of those groups. The lady took her to within 
a respectful distance and bow her into the presence of Jesus. She said, He looked on me sympathetically and said, Wherefore didst thou doubt? I am the Lord that healeth thee. And he stooped down and took the waters of the river and bathed my eyes and bade me see. And this took place as we sat in the office. Presently her eyes opened and she became normal. Her employer asked her what had happened and if she could see. She looked out across the street to the market square and proceeded to read the signs on the wall. Then he brought a book of ordinary type and she read that. He handed her a Persian Bible he had on his desk. It had very fine type. She opened the book and began to read. Well, that was the story I received. I recited to W.T. Seed and the others as we five sat together that night in Seed's office. They said, Mr. Lake, that is the most wonderful thing we have ever heard. That is the best case of spiritualism we know of. If you would just give us the privilege of publishing that story. I said, brethren, you have not seen the secret of that. Nobody came up to give that message and nobody came down and they opened their eyes. That dear soul got through. She was a child of God and she started straight to the Lord. And so would you. The day that God sets your spirits free from this old temple, bless God, you will go straight to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me review a moment. Spiritualism is trying to drag the debt up to you. Christianity, bless God, is making the blood-washed spirit free to go to the Lord. They are just opposite as night and day. Spiritualism is trying to drag the debt up to you. Christianity, bless God, is making the blood-washed spirit free to go to the Lord. They are just as opposite as night and day. Last Sunday night, a lady came into this audience from upstairs for the first time and got under conviction and was saved and gave her heart to God. On Wednesday night, she was sanctified by the precious blood of Jesus. And on Friday night, she was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Last night, I talked to her for a few moments. She said, Oh, brother, if I could just tell you the delights of my soul during these last 36 hours, if I could only explain how my spirit has found a freedom in God and how it seems to me my heart would rush to Him. Would it not? Where do you think it would go? Who occupies your mind? Who keeps your soul? Where is your treasure? In heaven, bless God. Well, you will go where your treasure is. You will go where the attraction is. Don't confuse yourself with a lot of Old Testament scriptures concerning the dead. In the Old Testament, you read the dead knowing nothing at all, Ecclesiastes 9.5, but you never read it in the New Testament. Something happened to the dead when Jesus came. They changed their place of residence. See, and after that, you begin to read, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5.8. Now I want to fix this in your mind. The blood washed always go there. And if you ever talk to anyone that is over there, you will go to them. They are not going to leave the throne, but they will say, Brother, come up here. That is the only way you will ever communicate with them. In these days, when this stuff is being proclaimed around the world by men like Lodge, Doyle, and others 
who have been recognized as leaders of thought, naturally people are ready to listen. But after a night with them in their office, I said, Dear God, it is absolutely impossible to make an intelligent, unenlightened, unsaved soul to understand the difference between the Spirit of God and every other spirit. The Spirit of God is the attractive power that animates the Christian's heart, and they do not want to listen to anything else. My sheep know my voice. See John 10.4. Years afterward, as I considered these things and discussed them with a brother, he said, Lake, you had a wonderful opportunity to tell me what was the effect of your own soul at the night that you spent with these men. I said, Brother, I left there next morning with profound sympathy in my heart. I said as I walked away, Dear God, here are the greatest intellects in the world, but concerning the things of God and the light of the Spirit are just as blind as though their eyes were sealed, and their eyes were sealed concerning the light of God. Men come in the name of science. Naturally, there is a certain reverence for knowledge. But don't you be fooled. Just because somebody comes along with the light of worldly knowledge, no matter how minute and wonderfully it may seem, the knowledge he has is worldly. The knowledge you have is heavenly. The knowledge that his soul possesses is material. The knowledge that you, your soul possesses is divinely spiritual. Bless God, it comes from the heart of the Son of God. So when I came to Portland and Sir Olive Lodge was announced to speak, I did not take the train a day sooner in order to hear him. I would not take the trouble to go across the street if I could listen to every one of them because they could not tell me anything that is vital. The vital things belong to the kingdom of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The vital things belong to the Holy Ghost. It would take too long to tell of the thousands that have gone to spiritualism. I mean, people honestly deceive. Just one instance, I had a little friend, Jude, and his dear old wife. They were old-fashioned Methodist people. They had one dear daughter who died at 16. I was absent most of the time in the city, but our home in the country joined theirs. Some friends said to me one night, You know that our old friend, Jude, whose daughter died some months past, is a spiritualistic medium came to South Bend and they began attending. They have gone wild over the thing. We do not know how to help them and wondered if you can help them. I went over and had a talk with them and went with them at the proper time. This gentleman was supposed to be giving them a message from their daughter. After they got through, I said, I would like to talk to her. And I began to talk to this spirit. I said, are you Miss Jude? Where were you born? Where did you go to school? The Willow Street School. Where did you attend school? The Willow Creek Methodist Church. The answers were perfectly correct. Finally, I said, I remember a night at the Willow Creek Methodist Church when a very wonderful thing happened to you. Do you remember what was that? She said, not knowing a thing about it. I said, your memory don't seem to be good. Don't you remember when a revival meeting was being conducted and you sat with Miss, Mrs. Lake and myself. When the altar server came, I invited you to go and give your heart to the Lord, and you did, and the glory of God came into your soul. She did not remember anything about that. I said, that is strange. Don't you remember on certain occasion, you used to come to our home and we used to kneel and, and the glory and the presence of God came on your soul? She did not remember anything about that. I said, 
You are not the spirit of Miss Jude. You're an old liar. In the name of Jesus Christ, you get out of here. And it got out. Beloved, do not be fooled by every voice you hear. One other thing. Conan Doyle is greatly distressed about President Coolidge. And he thinks the proper thing to do is to immediately confer with the spirit of the late President Harding. And be directed about the things of state or he will make some blunder. This is the advice of one of the greatest scientists of all the world, a man who has been knighted by the King of England because of his knowledge of scientific methods. Strange counsel, a darkened soul, bright mind filled with knowledge of this world, but a darkened soul without a knowledge of eternal things. Do you see the distinction? The instance I told you as of has been the practice of men whenever they have the opportunity to go into such matters. One of these days, the first time I heard somebody announcing that they are going to confer with President Harding, I am going to present myself in case of a public man. His speeches are on record and they have been available to everyone. Here's an example. In Edinburgh, I attended a seance where the medium was given a wonderful message, supposedly from the spirit of the late W.E. Gladstone. I put in my pocket several copies of Gladstone's address I had a stenographer take down the message and I took the old address I had in my pocket and this one that had come through the medium and compared them. I said, it seems to me that something terrible has happened to W. Gladstone. If he is the author of this message, the thing is not comparable with the things he uttered in this life. It looks to me as if dying had had an awful bad effect on him. They were very much surprised. Most mediums have gotten wise now. Comparison is a wonderful thing. There's one source of knowledge that is God. The sin of spiritualism is in fact, God said to his ancient people, Israel, not to seek unto them that peep and that mutter, Isaiah 8, 16. This describes the condition prevalent in any seance. What would they do? Should not a people seek unto their God? Isaiah 8:19. This word of God does not even give me the privilege of seeking guidance of angels, let alone the spirit of the dead or the spirit of a living man either. It gives me one privilege. There is one mind that knows all. That is the mind of God. And if I am his child, and if my heart is made pure by the blood of his son, then I have a right to come into his presence and secure anything my heart may want. I do not believe the world has ever begun to conceive of the treasures of the wisdom of the heart of God. Our conception of this possibility of receiving wisdom and knowledge from God is very limited. Here is an experience from my own life. In the course of my preaching in Africa, I observed I will begin to quote things from historical records that I had never heard. I could not understand it. After a while, I became troubled about it, and I must stop the practice. I was going on the record as a part of my sermon, and I felt if you quoted something historically, you ought to be able to lay down your hand on the second in order to be convinced on the record. Then I observed there was difficulty when I checked these utterances. Then I told my stenographer that when these unusual things would come, I would raise my finger and she would put a special mark of these paragraphs. After a while, I had quite a collection of them. When I came to the United States, I had them with me. 
I was visiting in the office of Senator Chamberlain, talking with his secretary, Grant. As I sat talking with Grant, I showed him the list and told him my experience. He was a Holy Ghost baptized man. He said, this is an easy matter. We have the most phenomenal man in the Congregational Library here. You give him a quotation from any book and he will tell you where to find it. We sent the list in to him and one evening he left it with him overnight. The next day when we returned, he told us just where we could find each of these quotations. Beloved, who knows the facts? Some wandering mind somewhere? Some mind of a dead man? No, sir. They were in the mind of God, and the soul that entered into the mind of God can get them any time. But, beloved, it is the blood of Jesus Christ that enters there. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, 3. O God, someday may we become big enough to know God to appreciate our Christ and our Savior and the wonder of his soul and the Christian privilege of entering there. Amen. John G. Lake, chapter 15. Reading of Marilyn Carotter's book, Amazing Power of Faith. Read by Fernando Montes de Oca. Acknowledgement. I am thankful for the loving encouragement of, to write this book given by our daughter, Joanne Thomas, and our staff members, Sally Huffman and Janie Malkovic, and the editing help of our talented friend, Hope Welsh. Introduction. There are many things we hope will happen but hoping and knowing are quite different. Jesus told his disciples many things that they could do if they had more faith. They learned. They recorded what they learned. I pray that each page of this book will help you understand what they learned. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we give ourselves over to you, our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we may be good disciples of faith and that we will be knowing, Lord, and we will change many to the kingdom of heaven that we may learn and do the works of Jesus Christ. We pray, amen, so be it. After I finished my last book, I asked the Lord if it was okay with him for me to lay down my pen and rest, says Marilyn Carruthers. He didn't give me an answer. A short time later, while I was taking a leisure stroll in our beautiful community, a thought came to me. Is there anything especially important that you, you that you believe everyone needs to know? I thought about the many letters I receive each day from hurting people. What did they need? <clears throat> Soon I knew the answer to the question. They need to have more faith. But how could I help them? I thought. Prayed and I sought God's guidance. I confessed that I told him I was tired, not because I was 87, but because of what I had done during those years. I hadn't done as much as some people, but after four wars and multiple injuries, I felt exhausted. After writing, publishing, and distributing 15 books, <clears throat> it seemed to me that I had written everything I know. No pressure, son. Do what you think is best. So I began studying what the Bible says about having faith in God. I was surprised of the multitude of things that became clear to me 
my energy and seal increase. Throughout the Old and New Testament, one of the messages is clear. Whenever men and women had faith in what God would do for them, amazingly, things happen. Many people do not know about God's most important gift. The more I thought about it, the more I realized what God wanted me to share with you. Each one of, the, of us needs to know and to understand the miracle that Jesus came to offer us. Please read portions of this devotional every day. Listen to what God is saying to you. I hope you will learn as much as I did as I write and read and write these following pages. Almost too good to believe. God sent Jesus to do something so wonderful that many people are unable to believe it. Just think of it. God sent his own son to pay the penalty for every one of your sins. What a gift. Why did he do this? God made his adopted son. What benefits does that give me? God made me his adopted son. The more I search the scripture on the subject, the more enthusiastic I become. I wrote page after page of scripture verses that clearly explain the gift he offers us. As I studied, the Holy Spirit kept lifting my spirit in new joy over what God has done. I was learning more of what it means to be God's son. Think of the many times you have prayed what Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. If he is your father, what that makes you? You must be his child for him to be your father. If my father, Dave Carruthers, were that president of the United States, I know that I, Marilyn, could, would have certain benefits. I could go to the front gate of the White House and the guards would know me. They would know they should get me to the president as quickly as possible because that was a written order of the president. No other official in the entire government would get that quick full service that I would receive. Why did I do something wonderful? No, the guards would be interested in only one thing, the president's order. When an illustration that is to me, I am God's son, he loves to talk to me anytime I want to be with him. He wants to do for me anything that he knows will help me. I am like a prodigal son who returned to his father. The son thought he was not worthy to even be his father's servant. That's the way I used to feel about God. I thought I wasn't worthy. I didn't have absolute faith that I would be with him forever as one of his children. I had been so disobedient and would probably do even more that would displease him. How could I be absolutely positive that he would take me to heaven? Now I understand the miracle of faith. I understand the miracle of faith. Now I know that who I am. I know without a doubt that I am not worthy of such exalted honor, but God has decided that he wants to give honor to his children, not because of whom the child is, but because of who he is. I want you to have that honor. Know that you have it and re rebel in it. Then you will be free to tell everyone who you are and how they can be one of God's beloved children. Amen. Are you sure or unsure? Will you go to heaven? Are you sure or are you unsure? If you are sometimes unsure what will happen when you die, read these daily devotions until they become so real to you 
<clears throat> that you can help other people to know what you know. We need to know what we know. The Holy Spirit will create in you a spirit of joy that will gradually become <clears throat> a feeling of victory. I have been at the bedside of hundreds of men and women when they believed they would soon die. Every one of them wanted to know what would happen the moment they died. The Apostle Paul was chained in a prison cell year after year, and it was there that he wrote about his joy. When Jesus lives in us, he wants to give us the same assurance that Paul had. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, Now glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Ephesians 3.20 He does the working, we do the believing. If Jesus lives in us, we are sure we are going to heaven. When anyone is sure, it changes everything. We know what we know. How many people are absolutely sure they are going to heaven? Many people, they will, but by their own words, admit they are not sure. An increasing number of people believe that many religions can lead us to heaven but jesus said i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me john fourteen six. was jesus right or wrong back in the 16th century it was legal for anyone except priests to have a bible but one man martin luton risked his life by declaring that everyone should have a bible The Protestant faith was born. Now you and I can can help many people who do not know what the Bible says. To know that because of Jesus, anyone can be sure they are a child of God. Who will go to heaven? Some people believe that if they try to be a good person, they will go to heaven. Others believe if they try to be a good person and go to church regularly, they will go to heaven. But we do not decide what we must do. God decides. He knows that the heart of man is desperately wicked. The heart is the most deceitful thing there is and desperately wicked. No one can really know how bad it is. Jeremiah seventeen nine. What might we do if caught in a situation where it seems like the only solution was to do something evil? God knows what we might do. Eternal life with God is a very important part of his plan. Because he is perfectly holy, there's only one way he can admit us into heaven. We have to be perfectly pure and righteous. But we can only have that perfect perfection through Jesus, his son. Living a good life will never be good enough because no one can be perfect. But Jesus' perfect righteousness can be ours. Only those who believe in Jesus as their Savior will enter heaven. God made that point clear in hundreds of Bible verses. Do you know what they say? I strongly recommend that you need to know it. In this book, you will learn many of them. Know that you believe. Know what you believe. Satan will tempt you over and over to wonder if you know for sure that God has written your name in his book of eternal life. He tempts us to disbelieve everything that God says. Learn everything you can about everything he says. He wants to do for our lives, for us.